Welcome back to the Gen Z Speaks podcast. Um, today, we're just going to jump right into our main topic of discussion, which will be uh, mass shootings. Really quickly with me today, my fellow co-hosts, Matt Gutierrez and Jenna Stanky. How are you guys doing? Holding up, man. Yeah, sad days, but, you know, moving forward. Yeah, so our, our focus today basically is to talk about what happened in, in Texas um, in regards to school shooting. And our, our goal really in this podcast is to understand what's actually happening and, and not just rush to judgments. And number two, we want to talk about different aspects of mass shootings and why it happens in the U.S. and like specific tangent solutions that, that can uh, improve the status quo. And so our job really is to actually help each other understand the problem and like kind of the root causes of things. And we'll, we'll try our best to be as accurate as possible. We've done a lot of research for this specific podcast. And so, um, well, you know, we, we hope you find it informative and, um, you know, insightful in any sort of way. So let, let's, let's dive right in, guys. I think. Yeah, let's jump in. So let's just start off with, you know, what happened in Uval, um, Texas. And it's just, it's really sad what happened, right? But I mean, I, I'm sure everybody knows what's going on, but I'll just give a quick, quick uh, overview of what happened, right? Um, so we have an 18 year old Hispanic kid. Uh, apparently he was being bullied as a kid and in school and, you know, just a lot of pent up anger and rage um, kind of devoured him. And, you know, he goes on to uh, freak out. We don't really know yet what happened right behind closed doors and like what happened in his, in himself. Um, there, no info has been released on that yet, but what we do know is that day he released three messages uh, still disclosed um, to who he was sent it to. Right. But he basically said he's going to shoot up a school and he's going to shoot his grandma, which is exactly what he did. He shot his grandmother, uh, injured her severely and took off to school. Um, and he, things are still kind of wishy-washy with police reports. They're originally police said that they fired contact with him, uh, when they originally saw him, but then police reports later said that that didn't happen. The police rammed, uh, rammed into, a glass, I believe into a classroom glass and started firing on him from there. Um, and they saved a couple of kids, but nothing really happened. And 90 minutes later or 80 minutes later, uh, 21 people died. So it's, it's really unfortunate that this keeps happening. And it, it's insane to me how like the dichotomy between like the Republicans and Democrats, it just continues to like divulge further um diverge further sorry um and it shouldn't really be a political thing right it should be like we're all humans we're all americans and uh, there shouldn't be such like aggression towards each other especially when it comes to this i think you know there's definitely a heavy political implications here and even though we're not trying to make the topic inherently political it that's kind of the nature of it but before we you know talk about the politics i want to you know talk about the shooting itself you know we, we we got the reports that you know he walked into the school he um uh, he was yeah like you said it's kind of we don't have a clear report but some some uh, guard countered him and i guess uh, you know they had an altercation and he got into school and then started shooting kids and teachers uh when this was happening there was police officers outside and uh, they also were getting calls from inside the schools from students who were whispering and telling them, you know, you come in, we need help, we need help. And 
you know, a lot of reports say, and, you know, parents that drove to the school and were trying to run in through the barricades, they were getting like handcuffed. They were saying that the police didn't go in. So um, the first issue with the shooting was maybe the police should have had a better response. You know, they should have been more prepared for this. It, it feels like a, in a lot of cases, it kind of goes back to the whole, uh, you know, when the whole thing happened with police and Black Lives Matter, where police, it, it seems like police need more training. They're not ready for situations like this. And, and I understand situations like this don't happen often. This is not a, this is not something and thank God it doesn't. But this is not something that is common. But as a police officer, I believe it's your responsibility to be, to be ready for situations like this and have a quick uh, response to it. I mean, I, I read reports where they were waiting for an hour plus outside without any action. They were thinking, do we go in? Do we not? And then they have to wait for border, um, the, you know, like the higher securities, uh, border officers to come in. So, um, you know, what do you just got? First of all, what are you guys' thoughts on just the police officers, you know, their response to the whole thing that happened? I think, I so I think I, I would kind of push back against the idea that this doesn't happen quite often, not in regards to police. I think this happens so much. Mass shootings happen so much that we've kind of just normalized, not normalized, but we're kind of desensitive. Um, I, I don't know if that's the right word, but what I'm trying to say is that it's, it's just become the norm. And so when a, when a shooting happens, it's like just another day in America, right? Like it's 19, like think about what just happened. Like 19 kids just died and like they have like parents had to bury their children. It was just like insane. I can't even imagine what that's like. And we're just so used to it happening in the United States that it just seems like just another day. So I do think it happens. Like I think um, almost every day on average, there's a mass shooting in the U.S., meaning like, you know, more than one person is killed and it's not part of an organized crime or terror group. Like it's an individual um, basically killing. A bunch I would of classify people. that as shootings, not mass shootings. I feel like this is um, more of mass a mass shooting. Is, yeah, mass shooting is three or, more than three or four people, correct? Isn't, yeah, isn't that technically? Yeah. yeah. So on average, it happens once a day, apparently, wow. like, according to the statistics. So exactly. And so the police response, again, it's what they did was completely wrong. It was not brave at all. It was unbecoming of what police officers should do. So I think it's, I think it's, I think it's simple as that, but I think of course police need more training, but I think it's, it's a bigger issue uh, than that, but you are right. Like, you know, police, obviously they should be prepared for this. Like just because this doesn't happen often in terms of like the mass size of this, like 20 students being killed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it does happen often, but I understand what, what your point is. Like, you know, there's no, there's no accurate way to train for it. I still think that when you're signing up to be a police officer, it's your responsibility to put your life on the line. And before you commit to being a police officer, you should know what you're getting yourself into. If you don't want to put your life on the line, it's fine. I'm not judging you, but just don't become a police officer or go, you know, try to protect people's lives because that's part of the job like you might have to put sacrifice your life for others that's part of your job and they clearly didn't do that because they waited for an hour right i mean that doesn't make any sense why are they waiting for an hour 80 minutes 80 minutes that's it's ridiculous an hour and 20 what happened yeah and you know what was this real quick what was heartbreaking to me was the fact that these parents who you know didn't have guns didn't have anything they were rushing in to you know save their kids and they were getting handcuffed by and and i think that's good i think they would have been injured um if they didn't get handcuffed you know the shooter might have shot them as well but um the fact that they even had to go in 
and they were yelling at the police officers to, hey, you guys should go in or I'm going to go in. The fact that they even have to do that is kind of like crazy to me. And it, it just seems, you know, ridiculous. 100% Janish, like it's insane to me. Even like we look at just police protocols, not even just like mass shootings, right? Or shootings in general. Uh, we look at like police protocols, like across the board and it seems like over the years, things have become more and more like timid. Um, they kind of step back more. They kind of wait for, you know, the end of it to happen. And then they go ahead and pounce, right? Like we see this with like robberies. We see this with, uh, you know, high speed chases. They, they just follow them and they just wait until the damage has been done. And it just seems like protocols are, are more, are, are further against their courage and like further against like their bravery, I'd say. Um, and it's been more like, let's protect our officers, which fair enough, let's protect our officers. Right. But also they also took a stand to be like our servants. I mean, I, I hate to call them that our public servants, but that's reality of it. Right. They took a stand. We there's tax dollars on the line to pay police officers to keep us safe, to do the dirty work. Um, and so it just seems like protocols more and more have been just like protecting them more than protecting the public. Mm -hmm. also just going back to the term mass shooting I, I just confirmed so officially according to our law enforcement agencies particularly the fbi a mass shooting is just an incident where four or more people four or more people are killed um in, in a particular location so that's what defines a mass shooting and so on, on, on average i think it, it happens about once a day in the u.s I, I believe that's like the accurate number which is insane to me like once a day that a it doesn't even seem real it just feels like like it, it just doesn't unreal. seem a real statistic yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think in terms of uh, what what I do want to say about the police thing is a lot of people are using this as a way to assail like police officers who are actually like doing their jobs and do good works. They're like they're using this as an example of like, oh, defund the police. Like they're going back to that, like, look, police is evil and they're not doing their jobs. Of course, there's good police officers. There's incompetent police officers like we saw in Uvalde, Texas. They didn't do their jobs. But we shouldn't, I mean, I do think they need more training, actually, way more training. I think there's a lot of things that can be changed about the police system. But to classify the entire entity of police, which is to safeguard people, I think it's just, it doesn't make any sense why people are just saying, oh, look, police officers, this is what they do. You know, it's like, it's, it's like if a terrorist kills someone who belongs, like, you know, I'll speak for as a Muslim, if when a Muslim terrorist claims to be Muslim, you know, kills a bunch of people, you can't just say the religion is wrong, right? It's the same thing with a police officer when they act incompetently you can't just use say that oh this one police officer did something wrong the entire or like a, a whole police unit did something wrong. It's completely the whole everyone's corrupt i don't think that's true but in, yeah you know, no police do I, need more training 100 i'm, I'm glad you brought prepared. that up because i, I didn't want to i'm not bringing up that point you know to devalue the right police officers i'm saying um i'm kind of establishing more background information regarding regarding this shooting and there is issues in um you know how police are trained and th that that's for another day but yeah let's talk yeah, about no absolutely i al i also want to talk about just um the shooter himself you know um you know i want to definitely get into the bigger aspects of you know political yeah. uh situation and how you know gun laws should be regulated but for first of all the shooter he was 18 year old um a student he just turned 18 and uh right when he became 18 he went to buy uh an ar or two ars 
and about 380 rounds of uh, AR ammo. And uh, first of all, it's pretty crazy that when you're 18, you're able to buy an AR, a gun that's literally marketed to kill people. And it's kind of like a symbol of, I guess you could say protection, but also a symbol of like military and, you know, fighting. But, you know, you can't, you can't buy alcohol at 18 or like, you know, this other stuff you can't do at 18, where it's like, it's kind of ridiculous how the gun laws are, uh, or it's very hypocritical how the gun laws are implemented versus other laws, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, first off, I, I do have some pushback against the whole AR argument because it's not the gun in itself, right? It's not the gun in itself. It's the gun that's been marketed. That's exactly what you said. It's a symbol now. And so, but just because it's a symbol and just because it's like you're marketing that this gun is bad or it has violence associated with the name doesn't mean that, right? Because you can go ahead and you can buy a different gun. You can go ahead and buy a different assault rifle because assault rifles aren't just AR-15s, right? There's tons of different types of assault rifles. Um, and there's tons of different types of, you know, guns that you could buy behind the scenes. Um, and, and so I first off have pushback against using that term. So I'm just going to say guns in general. Um, but it, let's just talk about like how, you know, it's not even that let's, let's talk about that YouTube video, you know, we all discussed, right? So there was this Ted talk being discussed about, you know, the actual issues of, um, of gun mitigation and gun, you know, um, licensing right so that that's like the largest issue like how do we do gun control and it's not the actual gun control that's the dilemma the dilemma is the lack of licensing behind it and you know there's some states with some licensing laws and they have um, proclaimed that there's been less shooting since i think it was a drop of 24 percent in in their states um, in terms of gun violence which you know is good because you know first off they have safety trainings they have you have to go through step-by-step process online and then go physically get the gun and you know there's steps towards it right um and so i think first off that's like pretty essential you can't you shouldn't be able to just go and buy a gun and that's that because there are it it just you know it shouldn't be an impulsive buy that's all i wanted to say yeah 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 for sure shouldn't be impulsive um but yeah like even more than that right You, you get into it and you get into like why it's happening and what the guy, do you remember the guy's name? Give him some credit. No. Well, who, who cares? Like, this is well, I don't know. Sure. I mean, it was a really good point, man. So he was on a, a TED talk. Oh, you talk, mean the right? TED talk? I thought you meant, yeah. uh, oh, oh sorry, sorry. Talk, I thought yeah. you meant for the shooter. I was like, yeah. no, the TED, talk, for, the TED no, talk. His name I was think, David Farr. Uh, David Farrell, I think it was. Yeah, his David Farrell. Yeah. Farrell. Okay, well, so, yeah. He's an yeah, advocate Dave, of responsible gun usage, right? Like, he wants, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this David guy he like brings up great points about like guns, right? So like in the U S prior, uh, like, let's just say 40 years ago, cause he gives that example. Um, I don't really want to say like towards the beginning. Cause I mean, the second amendment was to protect towards like the government and everything. Uh, but like he was talking about how, you know, what we used to do with guns was hunt. And we used to, we used to be like a gathering type thing, right? A social event where you go and you go hunt or, you know, you go shoot some bullets with your dad and, you know, you shoot some cans. Like that was like the fun stuff to do. And then like mass marketing and globalization came into play. And now you have the NRA, which was originally an advocate for hunting, an advocate for just social like interactions and having fun with, with your, with your rifles. And now you have like them marketing when sales drop, right? You have them marketing towards fear. Like, Hey, this is happening Buy a gun and you could protect yourself. And inherently what does protecting yourself with a gun mean? 
It means that it's exactly what David said. It means you're able to shoot somebody and you're able to kill somebody. And if you're okay with that in yourself and you're going ahead and buying a gun in order to kill somebody, that's all you're already crossing a barrier, right? You're already crossing a line of, you know, I'm willing to harm another human being. Not only am I willing to harm another human being, but with a gun, right? And it just, since like the seventies, this has all progressed like exponentially. So now like, not only are we fearing people with guns, but we're using guns as an act of um, like resolution, right? Towards it. So we can protect ourselves. Um, And it's just escalated and escalated and fear turns into anger and anger turns into, you know, actual action and execution of, you know, horrible acts. Um, What'd you guys think about his video? Did, Did you think it was like some solid points? Obviously solid points, right? But what really stuck out? I think he, he was so you're referring to David Farrell. I hope I got his name right. He's basically I think his main points were number one, guns used to be have a completely different resonance with the American people like 30, 40 years ago. It was mostly about for sports and like hunting as compared to what guns have become now, where a lot of people get it out of fear, like after every single mass shooting the sales of firearms increase because people are concerned that, that, you know, gun, the right to own a gun is going to be taken away. And so they always spike up. And so he's saying people are buying guns uh, because they want to, uh, because of fear, you know, they're, they're letting fear control their lives and they want to take, um, they want to, they want to bring a gun to a fight essentially like for their own personal safety. I think, yeah, he brought a lot of good points, I think, which I think we can later discuss as well, but I think, um, going back to the question with Jenish, I think he about like how he was 18, this Uvalde guy, he was 18 years old and he was able to buy a gun. It makes no sense to me because psychologically your prefrontal cortex, right? In our brain, which is responsible for decision-making doesn't fully develop by the age of 25. And so why are 18 year olds in Texas able to buy guns? Like why, like how that makes zero sense to me, how the, the age for alcohol is 21 to buy a gun that can literally kill a person. I mean, alcohol can kill people too, but a gun can literally, you can kill multiple, multiple yeah. mass shooting. This is what this guy did. Like, why are 18 year olds allowed to buy guns? It doesn't make any sense to me. And by the way, the NRA, a lot of states are trying to pass laws to increase the minimum gun age. And I think, I believe it's Florida where the age was recently turned to 21 or something like that. And the NRA appealed that, saying that that was against the Constitution because it obliterated the right for 18 to 20 year olds to own a gun. It does. I don't think it, it makes any sense why an 18 year old or 20 year old should have a right to own a gun because their prefrontal cortex is not fully developed. They I disagree. can't properly just dis- why I disagree because before, before the nineties, like this wasn't an issue and people, everybody, I mean, people had guns all the time and people would go shooting all the time. Like, that's not, the, that's not the root though. Like that's just a bandaid, right? Cause people can have a gun. Like like, sure, if you're going to buy a gun, likeliness is that your family has had guns and there's guns around your house. Like, that's not going to stop you from obtaining a weapon. That's just stopping you from obtaining a weapon under your name. That's the only thing. So it's like the dilemma isn't that it's not to hold off to your 25. And, you know, sure, your prefrontal cortex isn't like developed yet, but that doesn't mean you're not you're going to go massively shoot people and kill people. I think I think the overarching issue and David mentioned this as well, was that it's about fear, right? Where people are scared. That's why they're buying guns. Even if you're 18, 21, it doesn't matter. Like people are afraid and the gun sales are going to go up unless the sentiment of, you know, American public, like, unless we can establish like our country is safe and 
you know, we're not going to just get broken into our, our house or, you know, get shot or like, you know, uh, stuff like that. But the thing is, while, you know, we're working on that, we're working on trying to reduce fear in society. What the, what is the action we take right now? Right. Like, what do we do right now? Because people are buying guns and, you know, performing acts like this. And that's where it's like, that's where the intricacies come in, where it's like, we don't know what to do. Like, yeah, like, you know, their supporters, like, we can't sell guns to people who are, you know, younger than 21. And then obviously, Matt, you say, like, that's not the issue. But it's like, that thing is, what do we do right now to minimize what's already happening right now? Because, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, Matt, that, yeah, you know, this wasn't happening before. But I think now also, it's, this like this this whole fear in america and how how much guns are like kind of i guess being marketed towards that fear has increased a lot so that can you know that should be taken into account when you're thinking about gun laws i think also just a quick point even if you're 18 and you're able to buy a gun i feel like there should be heavy like legislation so like you know when when you're getting like uh, certain licenses you know they prioritize people who are older or like uh, you know, have give a, give a priority to people who are older, more experienced, you know, have like certain experience where in Texas, there's no like there's a licensing, but it's not like you just go in and you just buy a gun pretty much. They don't they just do some background checks and that's it versus, you know, there's like trained people and people that know how to use guns or people who experienced it with before where like you shouldn't just be 18, go in, get a gun that, that just I don't think that should happen. Yeah, well, so the, my point is, like, the Uvalde shooter legally bought rifles after his 18th birthday. He legally bought rifles. So if there was a law in place that didn't allow 18-year-olds to buy a gun, I'm not saying this wouldn't have happened, but, you know, he wouldn't have been able to buy a lawfully, legally buy a gun. He lawfully bought two rifles at, at his 18th birthday. That makes – you guys are right. The root cause of this is that the NRA is telling people that – um, what this speaking politically, like politically, the NRA is like saying to people that, uh, you know, Democrats are trying to take people's guns away and people buy a bunch of guns. But those aren't the people shooting people up. It's the people who just, I, you know, are, are trying to they have they have the access to buy guns. You know, the, the access is, is my problem for 18 year olds. The Buffalo supermarket shooter before Uvalde, there was a shooting in Buffalo, New York. And guess how old he was? 18 years 18. old. He yep. was 18 and he killed 10 people. This guy, it's usually the Parkland high school shooter. I believe he was 20 or something, right? He was either a teenager, 17 to 20. He was a really, really young guy. My point is, first of all, 99% of shooters are male and they're all really young, tend to be really young, right? I mean, the Uvalde guy was young. I'm not saying I I haven't looked into the age, but they are young people. So my point is, this can be part of one of the solutions that you shouldn't be able to buy a gun until you're 25 years old because your prefrontal cortex is just not developed. So you actually lack the proper, uh, the proper decision-making decision-making abilities. Cause it's just science it's psychology. It just makes sense. We should, we should make laws that make sense. If you can't buy alcohol when you're 20 before 21, why can you buy a gun? You're completely right though. The root cause of this is not this or that, like you said, 40 years ago, mass shootings weren't happening because the NRA was, completely different than what it is now it's it's become this this organization also, mm-hmm. so that's another argument that like i don't disagree with the whole alcohol versus like gun age thing but the interesting thing is that alcohol actually like chemically changes something that's going on in your brain right guns don't 
right? So that's also to take into consideration, right? Like, I don't, I don't know if that's the strongest argument. Well, the, for alcohol, it's, you can't, you can't purchase any alcohol. Like right. you have to get drunk to chemically be, I mean, you can like, you can like, nor, you nor know, drink. I mean, you're not technically you're not allowed, allowed to drink, you're not drink at all. Yeah. You're not drinking at all. So yeah. like, my point is, I mean, what you're saying is, is yeah, it makes sense. But with guns, like the right to pick up a gun and, you know, be able, that's my whole point too. You can't think logically. That's like the same thing goes with guns. Just like how you, your mind can, you, you're, you're, you're too young to consume alcohol. You're too young to have that responsibility of being a responsible drinker. That's the same thing. You can be a responsible gun owner if you're 18. I'm, I'm sure most 18 year olds are, but it's just scientifically, it just, you can't be, and- there's always a loophole. It's so, so much power, talking. right? Yeah. It's so much power yeah. for someone that young. It's like you have the power to kill, like take a life. That is, I mean, we don't think about it a lot, but that is a lot of power for someone that's who's not 18. Like, that's not like the intended use. I get it's it's being used that way, right? But that's mm-hmm. not like why guns are for sale, not to take lives. They're like, it's not for that. Okay, then I think what we should have then is a more robust licensing system. Background checks Fair. barely prevent uh, mass shootings. They don't do anything because the current yeah, right. background systems that we have currently, it's like it takes 120 seconds and the yep. FBI's background system check that, that's in place, it's like very outdated. Millions of records are missing. Mm-hmm. Like millions of records are missing from the FBI directory, yep. which like most background, like, you know, that's how the background checks are conducted. And it takes literally two minutes for you to get approved or not. Yep. What kind of a background? Yeah. It should be it's longer. Right. It should be like other countries have the system where you have to get referrals from people. If you truly acquire a gun, which you have the right to have under the Constitution, the Second Amendment, then, I mean, let me let me push back against my point. Yes, maybe like a 20-year-old actually needs a gun for some sort of reason, right? If they can prove to the government that they are, you know, they don't have a criminal background, they can get references, you know, people can vouch for them, then they should, I mean, I still think the minimum age should at least be 21. It just doesn't make any sense. But, you know, regardless... I just think we should have a proper licensing system where it takes, it's a four to five weeks process to get a gun as opposed to just going into a store and buying it. And, and, and that to me makes the most sense. And, you know, just this point with the licensing, uh, David also mentioned in that TED talk, and we'll link it down below for any of you guys who want to watch it. Um, David mentioned that uh, the NRA 40 years ago used to be an organization that advocates for safe gun laws and safe, um, you know, like, uh, safe use of guns and now now what they've become is this you know the left is trying to take our freedoms away and that's pretty much their whole whole um they're they're trying to take our freedom away they're They're trying to take our freedom away that that's what they repeatedly say and you know they're appealing all these uh gun like gun licensing um laws that are being passed to the supreme court they're appealing those and um i feel like the nr he, he david also mentioned in his closing remarks he said the nra should also go back to its roots and establish themselves as a safe gun organization not that that you know everybody can enjoy guns but just with safety and you know proper uh checks and balances i guess so that is a that is a major point where in the political spectrum the nra is kind of inciting even more um i guess what's the word for it um like separation between people where it's like they are trying to take away our guns you know, it's, it's not like about uniting. It's about they are trying to take away our freedom, right? I do want to touch on this, uh, but I had another point about the young age thing. Uh, so 
you know, it just, it crossed my mind right now. Uh, but yeah, so let's talk about, and it'll come back. Uh, but the NRA thing, right? It's just like fear sells, right? And it's all about money. And so you just, th- th- what they do is they try to scare you and they try to like make you seem like it's, it's us versus them. And then when it's us versus them, there's obviously things to sell. And, you know, they go ahead and they sell these, they lobby politicians to keep on with the same laws. And, you know, there's some politicians out there. I just, I, I read a report, $13 million. He, they made $13 million off of just this one NRA, uh, uh, not one, but right. But the NRA initiative, like throughout his lifespan, that's insane to me that they're receiving one dude received $13 million to go ahead and do exactly what the NRA is saying to do. Right. I think uh, that was Mitt Romney. Yeah. Mitt, yeah. Of Utah, yeah. Mitt Romney. Yeah. It, that's brutal. Right. So there should be laws against that. It should be exactly what the people want, not what these big corps and what these lobbyists really want for us. Um, I, I think that's a major issue. It, it did just come back to me about the whole young thing real quick. Um, so young people have, especially nowadays, right? Like in our current generation, like I, I do want to talk about the mental illness aspect of it. Uh, like depression, anxiety is like much higher than it's ever been before. Uh, and, and in my opinion, you guys can dis- disagree and let me know why, but I feel like social media and like how everything, how we're so connected yet disconnected. I think that affects it so much. Like we're able to see exactly like how the Parkland killer, like how he went ahead and went about his business. We were able to see how the guy in Buffalo, he recorded everything, right? Like he recorded his shootings. We're able to see how he went about it. Right. And now all these young people they're you know, maybe they're depressed, maybe they're anxious, whatever it may be. Like it doesn't affect me at all. What they're, how they're, how they are. Right. But these are the people going ahead and watching what these past killers did and doing the exact same thing. And I feel like social media has been a huge detriment, like, especially to like mental health um, alongside, like now we're have, now we have access to bad things and what these bad people are doing. Uh, and so what do you guys, what do you think the correlation is? I think if you're going to say like the, you know, younger people are more prone to anxiety and stress and stuff. I feel like that kind of advocates for what Ibrahim's point was where young people shouldn't be able to buy guns if more young people are, uh, you know, experiencing anxiety. And and this is proven, actually, there's statistics that show that more young people are, are, um, you know, experiencing stress, anxiety, depression. Uh, uh, These people that are experiencing this should not be, you know, if they're and especially if they're young, like they should not be able to buy guns. But again, that's a bandaid. Like I'm talking about the root, right? Because the root is is what solves well, issues, the, not bad. The, the root we established was fear, right? The fear and like how, how we see guns, right? And the root, there's no, we can talk about the root and what the root is, but it's just- Can we talk to, about this fear concept? Because I don't think we're explaining it the right way. Like, what do you guys can, just- Okay, guys so how- okay, this, I, I watched the TED Talk, but explain just- yeah, explain This, this is how viewers. I understand it, okay? So there's a mass shooting that happens or shootings anywhere across America. And what happens if you're a regular uh, person and the shooting happens in your neighborhood? Oh, I got to buy a gun because someone might come after me or someone might come to my house. So what, what or someone's come like the other side's coming after my gun laws, right? Like exactly. Are, yeah. yeah. That, that's also then. All right. Yeah. So then what do you do? Oh, you go buy a gun because you're you're that's fear. Uh, the shooting that just happened incited fear. Right. And now you're scared that, you know, someone might, you know, incite some violence on you. So you need to have a gun for protection. And the whole, uh, like Matt mentioned, the whole fear of, oh, they're taking away our freedoms. 
uh, it's the second or sorry, second amendment. They're taking away our rights. That that's the fear I'm talking about. Is is that make sense, Ibrahim? I don't know. Yeah, no. So you guys basically are saying that as a society, we are buying guns um, out of fear, and, and we're buying guns to protect ourselves from others, right? Yeah. Like that's the that's the main intention of buying a gun these days to protect your. I mean, yeah, that's wasn't the root that the, cause. But so. doesn't 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 the Constitution kind of support that? It's to protect the right to arm yourself as to just it's the government. I, it, it, I mean, the I guess the the they were alluding towards that factor. But at that time, what I don't understand is, bro, if you have an AR-15 or you have mm-hmm. a very assault rifle or like, you know, how are you going to protect yourself against a government which has nukes like nuclear weapons? Like, are you if the government really wanted to come after you? I'm sorry to say you can't do it. Yeah, we're done. You're screwed. Yeah. So yeah. This, the argument that would that is what I'm like really having trouble understanding is that you know, constitutionally, I understand what, why there was a right because, you know, the British, uh, like the British shoulders used to like quarter themselves in people's houses. You know, they used to randomly show up and like stay there. And then they used to, you know, I mean, like it, it makes sense why, because, you know, there was the no, for sure. Like advanced. back then sense. doesn't relate to now. Yeah, yeah I, so get it you. Yeah, I get you. Like, what are you going to do when a, a 20 FBI agents show up to your house? You're going to like sh- try to have a shooting match with them. You can't do anything <laughs> about it. You can't. So like that is that's what doesn't make any sense to me is that people also say it, it's become such a politicized issues. They make up reasons, you know, like, oh, you know, people there's house breakings don't happen that often. And even if they do, like, yeah, they you know, do, bro. They, they happen every like, they 34 happen, seconds. Pretty often. Come on. Now. Every 34 seconds. But again, like, why would you shoot that? That's again, what David was, was talking about that. Yeah, the fear, the George fear, Zimmerman fear in, in Florida, how he, you know, George Zimmerman, for those of you who don't remember, Trayvon. So. George Zimmerman was a security guard at this private housing place in Florida, and he basically killed an unarmed guy named Trayvon Martin, and he brought a gun, and it was a confrontation that he kind of started. Trayvon was just going about his business, correct? And Zimmerman was like, he looked shady, and then he ended up like, and he ended up like kind of, uh, they ended up in a shuffle. I'm, me, I'm getting the details wrong. I think he like pushed was, him or something, right? Yeah, I'm Trayvon sure. was unarmed, and George had a gun, but because of Florida's stand-down uh, gun laws, right? Like, if you it, it was out of self-defense that George Zimmerman was protecting himself. Like, according to Florida's law, that was legal. What he did was legal, according to Florida he was, It law. was legal because he felt afraid. That's what... Yeah, so that's what I'm, I don't understand. Is like, how are you bringing a gun to a fight? Like, that doesn't, that's what I think what he was getting at as a society. Like, what Kyle Rittenhouse did, right? He brought guns to a, to a protest, okay. technically. Yeah. I mean, of all the people that he killed, they were all unarmed. Technic- I mean, they were armed. No, no, sorry. That's completely different. I, I'm getting details wrong now because I believe Fine, one of the guys yeah. was armed. One of the guys yeah, was armed. Yeah. But regardless, we're in a culture where we think bringing a gun to a fight is going to protect ourselves. That we need a gun to protect against other people, and that's what he was kind of pushing back against. Correct? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, that, that, that that's like the the root cause where it's like it feels like everybody needs a gun to uh, because we're so scared of ourselves. We're, like we're, that's we're that's fear. the reason though, right? Like, yeah. That's, people could still want guns. But it, it's the reason behind it. And that's where Be, I'm getting behind to. the rise of gun. Like, yeah, uh, you know, people buying guns, people. buy Exactly. That, yeah. Just behind. Yeah. Um, another thing is like. So. You, <sighs> Wait, no, no. Yeah. That, I, I just wanted to say that, that that root cause that we mentioned that that yeah. the fear, I just feel like that that root cause it. I do believe that it, it is a big uh, part of the equation, but it feels like at least for me, I couldn't come up with any co- concrete solutions to address that. 
where it's like, yeah, uh, you know, like, what are we going to do to address fear? That, that like, that's why I feel like what Ibrahim is saying is he's, he's giving us more concrete examples of, hey, like, these are laws we can apply, licensing laws, you know, age restriction laws. So yeah. I feel like those are things we can do right now. But the, the whole concept of like the root cause, it's hard to address the root cause without going into like. How uh, is fear being proliferated? How do you think? Say that again. How is fear being proliferated right now? It's not. I feel like it's being more. Uh, yeah, it's, it's being spread. It's being spread more. It I is think. being spread. So yeah, that's a, yeah, it is being proliferated. It um, is. That's what I'm saying. So? But like, okay. how so? Right. It's, well, I, it's social media. It's marketing it's social it. media. Look, I think so. I think it's One the shootings. Them. I think it's the shootings. Oh, but right, right, right. It is the shootings. But how where, how are the shootings being like shown? Where, where are they being displayed? It, they're being displayed through social media, through media. Maybe not social media all the time, right? I'm not. I'm not. I didn't mean to say it like that. I'm just saying like how mass the media is right now, and how easy it is to get information, yeah. and how easy it is to post whatever you want or say whatever you want. That that's my point. That could be a part of the equation where it's like. The, the, these other people who are not mentally stable look at you know past shootings and they might get ideas from it which are you know from social media which yeah that could be a part of it but i'm not yeah. i'm not sure like if uh like but isn't that oh, more root because since the 70s mass media has increased exponentially and that's when we started seeing like more not even mass shootings like serial killers we saw started seeing more serial killers in the 70s and that's when media started coming about. And then what happened when we saw serial killers, right? You saw them in the newspapers. You heard them on TV. Oh, the Night Stalkers and wherever, right? And then it started, it start, and people started getting scared. And when people start getting scared, that's when they go ahead and try to find a solution for their family. So that, that's my whole thing, right? It, it's being proliferated through media. Like pe- the media is talking about it. Therefore, it's happening more and more because ideas brew, right? When you see things, ideas brew in your head. And I mean, especially if you're unstable or you're not in a, a good place in life, it's a scary thing. And so I think that's more root than, you know, these gun restrictions or these ages or uh, obvious. I, I agree that it, it, you shouldn't be able to walk in and get a gun. Right. That, that, that's not the argument here. But my argument is I think it's it's deeper than just expanding your age out. I think I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, social media could be a part of it. But it's just like, what are we going to do about it? Because, you know, these companies, they get millions of views off of covering this stuff. They're not going to any time restrict, uh, you know, not show shootings or not show these ideas. Like they're getting millions of dollars out of it. So it's kind of like, yeah, that is definitely a part of it. But what are some practical steps we can take towards preventing? Why isn't it practical, though? Practical for media to stop showing these shootings and stop covering them? Not, not, I'm not saying to stop showing them. I'm saying to stop like. Uh, glorifying them it's in a sense that they're like glorifying them whether in a positive light or negative light it's still how are they glorifying them what i think they're they saying like this is really bad this is shooting but how are they glorifying i don't think they're them. i mean that's why i said in a positive light or in a negative light i'm not saying it's, it's a good thing no, but no, they no, are how, showing how do you it you think i'm asking you how do you think the media is glorifying mass shootings what are they doing that's glorifying it bro because it's so negative they're, they're consistently showing it when you consistently show something, it gets in people's heads. And when it gets in people's heads, it's ingraining in like your subconscious. So correct me if I'm wrong. You're saying that people, some nut jobs in the world, right? Like 18 year olds, like the guy, the mm-hmm. Uvalde shooter, he's turns on TV and he sees these mass shootings happen. And like, you know, the shooter gets like his 15 seconds of fame and that motivates him to go do the same thing. They do a copycat attack. Is that what you're saying? But when Partially. You see some, I'm not but, saying just those people, though. I'm saying like in general. 
Like, but I mean, that, the part of journalists is to cover news. They can't yes. just not cover news. That's what, buddy. I mean. Come on, mass media isn't journalism. Don't don't say it is. No, no. I mean, no. I mean, look, look. The, the, this the, is what the, I mean. This is what I mean. It, I don't it's think not practical because there's no way in any light like they're gonna stop covering this stuff. I know what you. I know what. I know what you're trying to say that you know they shouldn't be showing it in like such a you know to get views and stuff. But at the end of the day, they're never the whatever stories comes like they're gonna cover it and they're gonna make money off of it you know it is that's the part of that's what media does you know? and what fear sells right and yeah. that's how they consistently do it and that it's it's, no, it's good i i see your point i sorry i'm cutting you off. let me just say one thing really quickly and one of the, so i i saw a similar ted talk to david this was different this was um i forget the guy's name but he was basically making a point and he he mentioned this quote so H.L. Mencken used to be this essayist and journalist, and he had this saying. He said that for every complex problem, there is an answer that is clear, simple, and wrong. And I think in the gun debate, it's such a complex issue. There's so many different layers to it, and people try to like limit it down to like one thing, like one element. It's not just one element. They like provide all these technical solutions, which is great, but the technical solutions are not comprehensive. They're only the tip of the iceberg. So I think that's the point that you've been saying right like a lot of these specific things are just the tip of the iceberg they're not comprehensive so i think we should have a comprehensive yeah, we should have 100%. comprehensive solutions that cover different elements of things so is social media social media i'm sure is responsible for a lot of things i i don't to your point about the journalism thing i mean journalists have to cover what's happening in the news sure no, no, i didn't say fear. journalism though i didn't say journalism I mean, what so I mean, what do you what do you say i said there? mass media i don't agree that what mass do you media mean is journalism. Mass media, journalists though like a lot but they're not, man. They're not journalists. They're, no, no. Look, they're sellers. Defending, they're more yeah. salesmen than journalists. Look, I agree with you. I am not supporting CNN, Fox News, or MSNBC. I don't particularly like any of them. My point is, though, there are certain mm. things that they all have to cover. And this is because mm. it's a huge thing. 19 kids, dude, just got killed. So yeah. they have to cover it. No, I'm not saying not, saying not to cover, cover it? it. No, 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 bro. I'm not saying That's that. That's what I think you but, thought you were saying. No, dude. How are, not show it at all on TV. No, dude. I said they're glorifying it. I said to stop glorifying it. You know, there's people behind these mass media agencies, and all they try to do is think of clever, like what do what do the newscasters say, like originally to to catch your attention. How do we label the like clickbait essentially, right? Like it, it's all these things that just to sell. And it's not about that. It's it's a fact. 20 people died. And then that's what it is. It's not like all this. But I, I know what you're saying, but the glorifying is the wrong term. I think what you mean to say is that they're using tragic events, right? And they're kind of um kind of almost exploiting people's emotions, right? So like when somebody sees they're emotionally affected. And they are there. Are you saying that they overly exaggerate the emotional impact of these events? Because it is very tragic. Yeah. You think? But it's so tragic. Like, how can they not? Like, 19 kids. Now, they're not over. I don't think they're being, I think they're, I think to, to exploit it the way they do, I think it's, it's a lot, man. And like, how much is getting pushed into our heads? Like, every single person this last week has been posting, like, obviously, it, support, support for you, Valdi. I don't think any person on earth says that it was a bad thing. I mean, it was, sorry, it was a bad thing. It says that it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, but to consistently push it into our heads, like that gets pushed into our subconscious and people aren't built the same. What are they pushing though? I, I, I genuinely, at this point, I'm kind of lost. Is in like, what, are, what do you think they're pushing though? People posting that's, they're, all they're saying is there should be more, that we should reform our current gun laws, right? That's what I think everybody's saying on television. 
not everybody. Some people are not. They're, they're, they're posing ridiculous. What solutions. I'm saying, do you, in, in the beginning of this, I said it's like a psychological aspect, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's for what who, I'm saying. Though? For who? The shooters? Like, potential shooters? For shooters, for even... The thing is, even prior to being a shooter, right? You're just a person, and then something mm-hmm. happens along the line. I'm not... I'm just saying for people in general. I think, like, social media... And I, I will still say glorify. I think it is being glorified in a certain light. So I think, personally... Think I, I would disagree. I think, yeah, social media could have a you know, role in motivating these sh- shooters or before they were shooters, you know, just kids, I guess, uh, these young men. But I just think at the end of the day, these people were not mentally stable to begin with because sure. no matter how much social media you show me, how much like oh, all of us, like most normal people, they're not going to go crazy. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, these people were – to begin with just not having not in a good place of mind so yeah i think social media might affect them a little bit but at the end of the day i don't see any way you know we're stopping social media this mass media or anyone to stop covering these events as you know they're big events and i wouldn't say like i I know what you I, i kind of can see what you mean by glorifying they're kind of covering it a lot you know getting you know always mentioning it and stuff but i think that's just like it is such a big event i feel like 19 kids dying is a huge event and i think they have a right to cover it to a certain extent exactly that, that's my point right what you just said to an extent i'm not saying don't cover it i think people deserve to know what's going on in the world like that's that's journalism knowing what's going on in the world and you know being aware but to continuously push and push and push like it gets a lot man it gets overwhelming i guarantee there's people out there right now after watching this, they feel like genuinely sad. Maybe they're locking themselves in there. Like they feel bad, right? They feel depressed from it. And like to push it so much, that's, it gets to people. What do you think people they're pushing? People aren't built the same. I, I kind of understand your point. What do you think they're pushing though? Like what pushing is it the sale. They're pushing? they're pushing the sale. The sale of what? I'm generally trying to understand what you're no, saying. No, yeah, 100%. The, yeah, I get it. The, the sale, sale of, of the story. They're selling the story. What is the story that they're selling? I want to know what you think about the. Okay, I do, so you're saying they're yeah, pushing they're, an agenda. Exactly what happened. Like what? Well, ha- is, like but the what? agenda is to make money, bro. That's what I'm saying. They're pushing the sale. So you think they're they continuously cover they're they're continuously covering the Uvalde shooting on a daily basis, mm-hmm. but I let me let me make a counter argument. I think they're doing yeah. it because they don't want people again. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not defending mass media here, but I think the reason why a lot of people around the United States are so concerned, and this is something that they're constantly thinking about now, considering what just happened. And yeah. there's another shooting that happened after uh, Uvalde in Oklahoma at a hospital, correct? Like there was a yeah. mass shooting. Also, so, right? I think that yeah. the, the point is that this isn't normal, that we should be thinking about this and that the time is to act now, that we can't just be every single time the shooting happens. We can't just be like, oh, this is just it's another day like it's, we can't do anything about but it. let's do something let's not just talk about it all they're doing is I, talking so that's well, what you're saying that, well i think yes. that's what media can do ha- media can't do anything that's else. all they can do though they can t- i see what you're saying now okay but that's all they can do they can talk i think it's good that they're having healthy debates and discussions on this but you're right though it's about action, how many years ibrahim i but that's what, what i mean to a certain extent do? that's what we're doing here like yeah that's what, what we're yeah, doing man, here but like we can't do some initiatives let's vote man that's let's not have these politicians you know the media talking more about this is actually building more momentum amongst the people. So our representatives in a republic, democratic republic, they're going to represent mm-hmm. people's views. So if a, a, a member of Congress, their his or her constituents are telling this specific member of Congress, look, do something about this past legislation that makes it harder for, you know, somebody who's mentally 
uh, struggling to get a gun or just, you know, increase the minimum gun age to 21, then they're going to, if they are getting pressure from the constituents, they're going to do something about it. So it's good. I think it's a good thing that the media keeps, you're right. They probably have some intention, their intention, let's not get things twisted is to make money. So I guess, you know, it, as horrific as these events are, I guess it's good for CNN, MSNB, and Foxes because ratings are going up. People want to know what's going on. So they are making money, but that's, I mean, I mean like, I guess, that's I know what like you're saying here. Of... I know what you're saying, but it's like they have to, I think it's good that everybody keeps talking about this because then it, it just doesn't become another story. Like it's not, See, like, this oh, is where happened. social media and po- politics collide, right? Cause we keep continue to talk about it and we continue to say, Hey, these politicians aren't doing exactly what I said earlier. These politicians aren't doing anything. They're just listening to the lobbyists and taking their money too. Right. And that's where things are colliding. But if we it's keep like, talking about it, action will happen. That's what, that's what the problem but is. It it's shouldn't like, be like that, bro. It no, but be every like time that. a mass shooting happens, people do all these debates. Everybody becomes exactly. a gun expert and then nothing happens. But then that's the problem. People stop talking about it. We don't like, I think right. society, there's like things that happen, like, you know, with certain things like black lives matter movement with uh, like, look at what happened in Palestine. Remember that was used to be like a huge thing. Everybody was talking about the whole Uyghur, the Uyghur genocide. Yeah. People talk about certain things and then move on and then they move on. Something <laughs> happens, but that's the yeah. problem. Like why do not there be a on? national consensus? So there's, there is, I think for more like, like, look, there's national consensus to do so much more socially. So so what do you Socially, mean? No, it's I think not. That, it's not going into law yet, man. It's not. I think it's it, not. It I think it is hopefully. now. If I think it, hopefully, that's what I'm saying. If we continue, when to put did on we pressure, say that last, bro? We said that last year too. But, we said that in we, 2018. We can't. Then we can't. What you're saying is pessimistic, in my opinion, because you're saying we. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not being pessimistic. We have to bro. keep talking about it, though. I, I'm I not being we, pessimistic. I'm just saying let's do something about it. Exactly. I don't like. So talking, how can bro? we do something about it? If we stop talking about it, how are we going to do something about it? That's what I'm saying. I think. Okay, okay, to a certain extent, push listen. politicians to act, bro. That's what they're everybody like, we saying. can't do it. Matt, That's what I, they're saying. Okay, listen, I think this <laughs> is how I see it, bro. I think talking about oh it, God. talking yeah. about it. Okay, mm-hmm. you can disagree with me, but I think talking yeah, yeah. about it is really important and it's what we can do. That this is an action we're taking. Us covering this on the podcast is an action because yeah, we, we we don't have we, we're not politicians. We, we yeah. yeah, we can vote in primaries and stuff, but like yeah, we could do that. I agree with that. I encourage everyone to vote. But at the end of the day, we're not politicians. We can't do anything. But if we talk about the issue more, it, something will get done because at the end of the day, these these um, the people who are in office are in office because of people. And, you know, if people are talking about an issue and they, they don't resonate with um, the whoever's representing them. Dennis, as a podcast like us, as a Gen Z Speaks podcast, are we doing this? to make some sort of money or are we doing this to cover the facts and then we move on to the next topic and cover facts well we don't make money so we're just doing (laughs) that's that's my point that's my (laughs) point right even if we were making money are we going to change our initiatives or are we going to continue trying to be as unbiased as possible and continue to state facts and then move on yeah state facts and move on okay That, that that's my point bro like we're stating facts as like i guess we're technically a source of media even though we don't have like a following right but that, that's my point, man. Like, let's state the facts and let's let's do something with the politicians. Let's talk about the politicians not doing anything. That's that, what that's, that's everybody's talking about, though, on media. But what's going to happen? I think something's might happen. I think something There's might happen. I think this was Don't a catalyst. You think, like, the, I think we'll this, see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, though. God yeah. willing. Yeah. But I mean, I in my opinion, point, I think the Supreme Court and Biden, they should actually ha- – that's what I mean by national co- – I should have explained that earlier. That's what I mean by national consensus. I think – Biden, I think the Supreme Court should go ahead and 
say, hey, this is an issue. Let's go ahead and make actual solutions for this. And then it's an actual topic right in, in the house. Yeah. Um, the yeah. issue is that, yeah, I, no, I agree with you that there, this should be a very like simple, like Ibrahim said, like it should just be, let's put in laws for licensing. Let's put in lo- like better regulation laws. Let's do all this. But there's like, you know, there's always going to be oppositions. Like the NRA is already appealing stuff where um, they're appealing laws are like, you know, we have the right for guns. Uh, you know, even 18 year olds can buy guns like this is a, a Second Amendment. So mm-hmm. even even though like we think and most I think most people, hopefully most people think it, it's it's like simple. You know, we, we get the we push politicians to make laws that better regulate gun violence uh, or guns in general we have a lot of opposition at the end of the day or not a lot, but we have a minority opposition. I mean, let's see how big the NRA is, but like we, there's, there's always oppositions to this. Yeah. 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 It makes it, it makes it hard because yeah. The, like you said, these politicians are getting millions of dollars from the NRA to lobby against like what's so simple and what's so like, what we know we should do. So interesting. You guys mentioned the Supreme court because the Supreme court is actually um, I believe it's next week that um, there are going to be ruling on New York's um, state law, which requires residents um, seeking a license to carry a firearm outside the home to demonstrate a proper cost to obtain one. And so New York requires a resident, again, seeking a license to carry a firearm outside the home to demonstrate a proper cost to obtain one. So they have to demonstrate proper cost before obtaining a firearm. And the Supreme Court is going to be considering whether or not this is constitutional. And I'm quoting from uh, an article posted by the CBS News regarding this. So to your point, the Supreme Court doesn't they, they can only review legislation. So it's up to Congress to pass updated new legislation that it's common sense gun reform. And the Supreme Court will then either, you know, rule it constitutional or unconstitutional. So the Supreme Court can't initiate stuff. It's the politicians that have to initiate things. So I think there's a currently in the Senate, there's a bipartisan group of senators trying to do something. But you are right in that, you know, that's what they said after Sandy Hook, right? In 2012, Sandy Hook, 20 preschoolers got killed. I think a couple of teachers also got killed, but it was 20 elementary school, not even elementary preschool kids, right? Sandy Hook got killed. Yeah, yeah. And nothing happened. Not, not, not nothing. I mean, it didn't prevent mass atrocities from, from happening again. In fact, I think there's been over 2,000 more mass shootings since Sandy Hook. So you are right that, you know, it always we always say something's going to happen and nothing ever ends up happening. But we should keep talking about it at some point in time. If we continue to build up that momentum and hold our politicians accountable, something will happen. I truly believe that because they represent the people. There's polls that say that 80 to 90 percent of Americans support basic gun reform, including licensing of, of certain yeah. weapons as well. So I think things you think they're for the people, though. They are supposed to represent the people. I think po- some politicians do listen to people. They do. I think I think some do, man. But I don't but think it's, it's a Republican. Like it, so currently, I don't think it's their job, bro. I don't think they're displaying their job the way it should be displayed. But that's the problem. Like currently, the Republicans in Congress are there. Uh, half of them are bought out by the end. Not bought out, but they're it's so. Yeah, it's, money again, talks. I get it. It's not, they're not bought out. I wouldn't say they're bought out because the NRA is actually kind of going broke. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the NRA, by the way, is one of the most corrupt organizations. I would say nonprofit organizations in America. Their leader, Wayne LaPierre. Now, let me tell you, dude. They claim to be nonprofit? 
They're not, they're non-profit. Yeah, they're non-profit. They're yeah. not though, bro. They're yeah. not non-profit, man. Yeah. You know, you know dude, I, I it's it. so okay. ridiculous what they're doing. So Wayne LaPierre, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, frankly, I mean, I hope I don't am care. pronouncing his name right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't care, but he's such a, he's so corrupt. He actually recently returned $300,000 back to the NRA because he was personally profiting off uh, funds from the NRA. The NRA is currently under investigation from the New York attorney general for misusing funds for a whole variety of abuses by Wayne LaPierre, like private jet abuses, clothing abuses from the NRA budget. And the crazy thing is he was recently reelected to represent the NRA. And he's been the leader of the NRA since 1991. The, if you guys look into the well, NRA, like some- it's the NRA board that reelects. They vote. It's the NRA so, members. And yeah, so it makes sense. So it's, it doesn't make the NRA is, is literally a corrupt organization. It's very sad. They are. They are a corrupt political entity. They are. I guess their leader. It's it's very sad. Like like you said, the guy was saying 30, 40 years ago, the NRA, you know, was doing, I guess you could say good work. Right. Because they were promoting safe usage yeah. of guns and they were like they promoting for sports and hunting. And now it's just all they say is Democrats want to take away your guns. That's all they say. Mm-hmm. And they say we support the Second Amendment. That's all. Literally, that's all they talk about, bro. Like they just, and the, the, you know what the crazy thing is? After every single mass shooting, they always have these conventions where they speak and like talk. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It <laughs> it pisses. Like it makes zero sense. After like after these kids literally just die, the parents had to bury them. They're having a whole event saying like what what like it, it doesn't make any sense to me. They make money from it. That's what makes sense. Yeah, I guess they fundraise off that, but it's it's like. <laughs> It's just Bro, ridiculous, man. It sucks, man. But violence and it, it's always made money since the beginning of time. Violence has always had some fruition. By the yeah. way, guys, uh, just real quick, I just want to because we've been mentioning licensing, licensing a lot, and I just want to give a little bit of context to people, like what we mean by licensing. Uh, a lot of, I think there are about thirteen states, including Massachusetts, and what they pretty much what licensing refers to is they have to go through a whole three week to a month process. Where they have to uh, file an application, get fingerprint fingerprints and other biometric data. They get um, they do obviously a extensive background check. They have to get referrals or references from people who they know to you know just make sure that they're stable and they're um, that they're, they're responsible. And um, they have to do all this process in order to obtain a gun. So that's what we mean by um, licensing. Just so. It's clear we, we're not just you know saying what's like like is it just an yeah, application yeah. that you fill out? No, it's like a whole process. Yes, sir. I just want to say so that's a really good point. So, a lot of people point to other countries uh, to give examples, other developed countries that don't experience mass shootings, and they have a good point. They're right. You know, the United States is the only developed country that actually we have a problem, so we need to acknowledge that. But let me give you. I think it's really important to give examples of states in the United States. So. Uh, Connecticut in 1995 implemented a licensing program for guns and they experienced a reduction in homicides since 1995 homicides and suicides via guns have declined since 1995. You look at similarly, another state that actually repealed its, um, its um, licensing program. I believe it's Missouri. They actually repealed their licensing program, I believe, in 2008. And since 2008, homicides uh, per 100,000 people in Missouri, homicides and suicides have trended upwards. So there's two examples, right? Connecticut implemented a licensing system and homicides were reduced. Shootings were reduced. In Missouri, the same law was repealed and shootings 
went up. This is like an example of the United States. And usually mass shootings. Um, it, so I think this is another statistic that we should point out that states with stricter gun laws tend to have less mass shootings, but states with lenient gun laws tend to have more. And that's just, it just makes sense. That's just like, it just makes sense. Sadly, it makes sense. So like why, and that's also the problem because states in the United States have, because of how our system is created as one of our weaknesses, you could say it's like every single state has their own policy because there's not a united set of federal that's laws. Exactly. National that's consensus. what we should yeah. have. Yeah, we should have a yeah. we should have specific federal policies that regardless of which state you're in, you should be there should be specific things that you can do or can do, right? That's what we don't have currently. Like specific uh, federal state laws kind of oversee federal laws in certain instances. That's why like I'm not a legal expert again, but like where's that statistic from, by the way? Uh, that there's more violence or not or what'd you say do you say mass shootings or you say violence in not i don't know violence i'm talking so i gave the example shootings in missouri right? and connecticut shootings in homicide yeah yes. so yeah what stat did you because you said it happens more often in lenient states than stricter states i think um that uh mm-hmm. that's from the john hopkins research gun licensing uh, that's where no, i read it th- uh, so the, the example that I gave for Missouri and Connecticut is from the Johns Hopkins Center for Gun Policy and Research. They did a study. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as opposed the that's actually a good point. For the other statistic that I was mentioning that you're, I think yeah. you're referring to Matt, that uh, the more lenient a state is with guns, they tend to have more mass shootings. Right. Let me, let me give you the source for that because that's important. Um, yeah. I, 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 let, me, let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, but I, I think like these statistics, like these, like, this shows that we know the answers. Like we've sh- we've demonstrated that putting stricter gun laws have decreased homicide, decreased uh, mass shootings, and it, I feel like the evidence is right in front of us. And it's just about implementation at this point. The other thing is like w- with what Ibrahim said, like the United, you know, um, national consensus, I guess, like with gun laws. Like in California, like we're in LA, we drive what five hours to Arizona. And in Arizona, we can have whatever we want, basically. Like, there, there's no, there, there's not a lot of prohibition against it. And so it, it's just, yeah, that's just why I think it's, there and bring it exactly, back. and come back. I mean, there's supposed to be border control, but have you ever been to Arizona or Nevada, bro? Border yeah. control does nothing. They look at you, see if you look like a decent human being. Like, anybody can pretend to be a decent human being, right? And you just drive yeah. off. There's no checks or anything, I'm pretty sure, when I went. Like, when I'm pretty sure we just... Just go there's a check there's a check but um they don't they just don't really look at you they kind of judge based off of your car it's very yeah. like yeah it's not right so let me just so um according to the uh, a nonprofit organization called every town for gun safety they conducted a study in january of this year and they found mm-hmm. that um there is a direct correlation in states with weaker gun laws and higher rates of gun deaths including homicides, suicides, and accidental killings. And I'm getting this uh, from a CNN article that was explaining the study. Like, exact words are not my words. So that's yeah. what the study found, that there's a direct link. Uh, like, for example, California, the article states, had the strongest gun laws in the country, and they also um, had the lowest rate of gun deaths in the country. So that was like one of the examples that they stated. But so this is a nonprofit organization. Again, full disclaimer, this nonprofit focuses on gun control uh um against like gun violence as like one what year was it conducted like this year 2022 january that's what the study found and Uh, i think 
I think uh, we'll, we'll also put all this, uh, all these sources on the uh, yeah, description sure. because I think it's really important that you know we get our facts right and we're not trying to be biased or you know in any way. You know, you guys can check us. I'm really proud of us for doing this. I think after every single episode, we post literally every single link of where we got our information from, just so we don't say anything. Um, you know, that's not accurate because we do sometimes say things that are not accurate. So yeah. we're not human, perfect. Right? We're human. Yeah. Um, Last thing, because we didn't really touch on, we, we jumped to that other topic, uh, but you said to compare, like a lot of people compare the U.S. to like other, other countries, right? Um, I think a large, you can, you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but this is from my like opinion. Um, cultures are different per country, right? Just because we're all Western states doesn't mean we have the same culture. And I think like the United States definitely has a stronger personality, um, if that's the right word, more aggressive personality, stronger personality than like, I would say England does or like Ireland does or France. Right. Um, and I think that definitely contributes to how we react to like situations. Um, and I, yeah. And I definitely don't think like, again, media helps with how, like how our aggression is or how um, we act upon situations. Yeah. I think yeah. States definitely have different cultures, um, especially like countries, you know, countries or countries. Sorry. Yeah. In our, um, in our, um, uh, you know, in our constitutions, we have something regarding guns. Not, not a lot of countries have a lot of, you know, uh, things in their main, like, constitution uh, about guns. So, uh, but I think also, like, the responses, like, how we're kind of have our government structured, you know, we're split into states. States have their own uh, sovereign, you know, rights. They, they can make their own policies. Um, I remember reading in Finland, in, I believe in 2007, there was shootings in Finland, and uh, after, right after that, they Im implemented uh, like really strict gun laws. So um, I feel like in in the U.S. it is different because you know states have their own rights, and um, you know the federal government can't really control them. So even if shooting happens in one state and that state takes action, not all states will follow them. Yeah. Okay. Let me. Let me. So I disagree with you, Matt, because you definitely have a point that in the United States, we definitely historically just have a culture of like, you know, a lot of, we have a lot of gun owners in America for sure, but other countries also have a similar culture. For example, Switzerland, there's 8 million people in Switzerland, but there's 2.3 million privately owned guns. That's like, um, so. But that, their that culture are, is different, bro. No, it's but not, the culture is not saying think, to own guns. No, That's you know what's culture. wrong with the culture is that in America, mm -hmm. we don't do anything about the problem in mass shootings. He just mentioned Finland. They did something in Switzerland. Yeah. They had this. The, the, if if something doesn't work, a lot of states, because they're not as a lot of sorry, a lot of countries, because they're not as divisive as us, they mm -hmm. actually do stuff to fix the problem as opposed to us. We don't do anything to fix the problem because there's so many interest groups at stake. Like the NRA is there. There's so much sure. misinformation and people. We, we, we're not addressing this problem adequately. That's our problem. It's not that other countries are not have, uh, they don't love guns as much as we do. I think there's countries like Switzerland, they love guns way more than us, but they actually have common sense laws that make sense that prevent them. We don't, we do not, unfortunately. We want to live in our little fantasy world and, and think like, oh, like giving access yeah. to an 18 year old is, is not going to lead to a mass atrocity. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm not saying- Real quick, I'm not saying mm -hmm. that like owning guns is different per country. I'm saying the personalities are different. Like, like no, our bro. personality, as as I, th I think so, in my opinion, as like an American, I don't think we have the same personality as somebody in Switzerland or Finland. Of I don't course. think so. We're just so divisive. That's our personality. I feel yeah. like it's like we don't do it. Like I won't say the people. It's just we're so 
we're so screwed over by the people on the top who are just I, it, it's sad i think we just refuse to do anything about it that's what makes us so different and so much worse i think we can't i think one issue like what you guys are mentioning is like we can't see the ideas or the problems for what they are. Rather, we kind of split into like ideologies. Does that support my ideology? No, it doesn't. So, oh, I'm against it, right? It's like we, we don't see the ideas and um, the problems or whatever the issue is for what it is. Exactly. And that's so one of the TED Talks that I think like every so many people should watch. I think every American should watch this TED Talk. It's by William Woodward, and he worked for the Center for the Study and prevention of violence at the University of Colorado. And he basically was saying how, again, he was the one who talked about that quote that I said, for every complex problem, there is an answer that is clear, simple, and wrong. And his point was that to at least prevent school shootings, you need, you, you need to first build a safe school climate. And that includes so many different things. Like it's not just, so one of the things that he said was like anti-bullying programs that are proven because a lot of these shooters tend to be people who don't have as many friends they're like usually bullied and so schools need to have like a better anti-bullying programs then they need to have good communication amongst administrators and teachers so if they identify students who are like you know prone to violence or have had past incidents that they're aware of those specific students and then they should have like you know they should also have um you know a lot of students and it's so sad have this code of silence where they don't like rat on other students. Like if they notice something, they don't, they they're like, oh, quote of silence, which if there's lives at stake, if you notice someone that's violent and that's like, you know, that's prone to some of these things, you can anonymously report them. And he mentioned how I believe in Colorado, they implemented a system for anonymous tips. And there were like um, 1700 tips that they received for suicides and mass shootings. And they were able to prevent certain events. So I think schools should have these, these anonymous tip lines where people can, you know, talk like tip on certain things that they see yeah. might be you know might be, might be potential anonymously like, yeah, yeah anonymously and then schools should collect data on things and like share that data with administrators and teachers and just yeah. have more communication and it, it needs to be a holistic list of solutions not just one and but it all goes back to like building a safe school environment that i think can encourage more positivity and like be more inclusive of everyone right as opposed yeah. to like leaving people out of it so oh, for sure it should be inclusive it shouldn't be because then that, that again incites bullying right if you just exclude a certain yeah. group yeah. and just mass shootings as a whole bro like in fox news there's some people who are like we should have one entrance for schools that's like well, that's what will fix it oh we should have more police officers but okay that's a technical solution but that's yeah. not going to fix anything because again you're not going back to the root cause of things first yeah. you have to go back to the root cause of things and then actually understand the problem like we've talked about and then talk about a variety of different solutions put them together test it and revise the plan like if it doesn't work then okay let's think with something else exactly that's Some action is better than no action, right? Exactly. Yep. And we should be constantly trying to improve. That's what I don't understand. We're not even making an effort, bro, to like improve. Yeah. It's ridiculous. One solution that I thought was kind of funny, uh, they said to arm teachers. Did you hear about well, that? It, yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. Teachers that inherently get frustrated with kids, right? Like what if the teacher ends up shooting a kid because of frustration like i thought that was like a meme or like some sort of like sick joke. No, it's like, there's thing. no way some people that was insane. That. Yeah, that was insane more guns for, for for teachers right for educators they should be shooting they should be defending the children that's crazy mm -hmm. i think like a really line that i write liked by this guy um yeah. 
by William Woodward. He said that schools should have a multi-systemic community school planning yeah. uh, with cops, teachers, and it just, just emphasized multidisciplinary efforts to, to, you know, prevent these things. So that's what we should have as a whole for mass shootings, I agree. like a multidisciplinary report approach where, yes, we, you know, fix cops trainings and we make, we have common sense gun laws and like we stop, like we, you know, we, we do something at the end of the day, we got to do something and it needs to be something that makes sense as yeah. opposed to just using our, a lot of times, you know, what happens also is like these mass shootings happens and people are like emotionally speaking about things and they're being impulsive. And I don't think our legislation should reflect that our legislation should not reflect impulsive thinking rather it should reflect 100%, yeah. considerable thought out actual practical things that can be done and it should be an evolution like it should be constantly being evolved as opposed with, to just being said yeah, to that point with like statistics and data to back it up right like we mentioned states that uh, you know implemented things and they saw positive results so everything should be in under like a scientific or like you know i think it's a statistical uh manner yeah logic right not just logic because obviously there's some emotion based in like shootings and killings and so it's fair but don't let the emotions cloud judgment i guess if that if that's fair to say mm-hmm. yeah i can also say something dude you know what's like i was kind of just thinking about this and it's like we always think when this when these things happen like we're like oh you know I, we feel bad for the parents and stuff but we we never think i i mean i'm sure some people do think but we i feel like a lot of people have this tendency i'm speaking for myself so I'll, i don't yeah. want to speak for others but i have this tendency where i'm like oh i don't think that's gonna happen to me because that's different like we never 100%. imagine it yep. happening to us and then when it actually does happen yeah when shit hits the fan it actually happens it is like dude they, like the teacher man like the teacher who was killed in uvaldi her husband they were lovers for 26 years, high school sweethearts. He didn't last a day, dude. He had a heart attack two days later and died. And like, that's like, it can happen to anyone. Like what did the parents of Uvalde do? I'm sure they were mostly good people. You never know what happens. So you never know if, if it might happen to your kids at an elementary school or like a high school or like we're in a shopping mall and something might happen. You never know if it, if it hits know. you. So that's why I think all of us should do something about this because it's, it's not that it can never happen to us. Like you never know what might happen or might not. And like, Again, bro, we're being desensitized. I'm, again, I'm messing that's up. Right the word. word. No, that's the right word. Yeah, but, but yeah. exactly. Like we're just we're not thinking that this might actually happen to us, and that's why we never do anything about it. Like these politicians to think about, bro. Like what if they were, their kids were in Uvalde? Would they have the same response? What if Wayne Lapierre's grandchild was hey. killed in Uvalde? Would he? Be, come on, dude. Like we're it's, all human until something sad. happens, right? Yeah. And, and and they always always everybody sends their thoughts and prayers are with them. Like what is that gonna do? That doesn't do shit. That can't bring their kid back, but that yeah. can save someone else's kid that might die or like your own life at a shopping mall or like a movie theater. That's a huge thing that happens. Movie theaters always get shot. Clubs, up, right? bars. Clubs, yeah. It doesn't like... Churches now too, man. What? Like churches now too. Churches. Like been... Yeah, bro. Worship, man. Yeah. That yeah. used to be... So interesting thing. I was reading... a. Re- this was a while back. I don't remember exactly how long ago, but I was reading this research thing. When the first... uh, It happened. I think... Uh, uh, oh, man. They went into a black church. I think it was an Asian guy. He went to black church and he shot up um, a bunch of black people. But regardless... A white guy did that actually recently. Was it a white guy? guy? I thought I it was an Asian guy. You're talking about Charleston? No, not Charleston. No. Very recently, it was a white guy who shot up. It was, was it? During Obama... Where he literally killed like 10, 15. Yeah, during Obama. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah so no, I, it was I, a white dude. That was like okay. a white supremacist, I think, or something like that. Okay, yeah. so my facts are off, right? But beforehand, like even like 
during like the Ku Klux Klan times, like when it was really prominent, like churches were pretty off limits. Like it wasn't as common and now it's becoming more common because people are starting to see it as like not a place of worship, not a place of higher being, but it just like human things, right? There's just normal earth things that, that that's not on a different level, I guess. Um, and, and that's just crazy to me, man. It, it's crazy to me to see how people, how people change and how once one person does something nowadays, it's like, it becomes like a norm. It becomes okay. And it just happens more and more. It's like the snowflake on, on the snowball effect. Yeah. So the way you, I just looked this up to make sure yeah. it was in 2015, it was a church in Charleston, South Carolina. Nine people were killed, including the pastor, including yeah, yeah. the pastor. I mean, it's ridiculous, dude. A place of dude. worship, God. It, yeah. It, yeah. Brutal <sighs> times, man. It's frustrating, man. It's it doesn't. Yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. But I think we should keep talking about it. Like, just not talking about it is not going to help. Like, you know, we should do our level best. Like, urge like our senator our representatives to do something about that's what it. we should do yeah. like actually hold them accountable like no like actually protest like show up at their office and protest like that nothing serious like give them a hell of a time to like make yeah, them for sure, feel man. all the pressure in the world to do i actually want to know what, like i actually want to know what like a lot of people think on the internet not just like people on twitter who have like this the you know the people with a lot of followers just like normal people i, I, I want to talk to more and see what they think like if you guys are watching this like maybe comment or know. something yeah, yeah. like I want to know what your guys' views are. DM Jenish. <laughs> Let him know. He's single, by the way. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. <laughs> oh, man. No, for sure, Jenish. I, I hear you. Um, I think that was, that was pretty good, though, man. Like, I think our opinions and, like, the facts kind of fluctuated well. So, good stuff, boys. Okay, we're done. Until next time.